This is Michael Bishop of the Power Hour, and you're listening to the 615 Podcast on the Titan Upload Network. What's up, Titan Nation? Welcome me in to the 615. It's your host, Lee Hillis, and today we are talking Stite. We are talking Titans, Steelers, ahead of, ahead, and then we're going to look at the Titans and the Bucks ahead of the matchup on Sunday. And then to go into the back end of the show, we are going to look at possible free agents for the Titans in 2024. But before we do all of that, let's go ahead and bring our special guest and our guest co-host in for the night, Tyler from Titans Time. Tyler, how are you? I'm doing great, Lee. Man, it's been a minute since I've been on here with you. But, of course, we're part of the Titan Upload Network, and we're always, all of us are putting out great work, working hard for this network. And, man, love talking Titans with y'all. I mean, there's nothing better. Yeah, um, but Titans Nation got some very, very shocking news within the last couple of days, and that is Will Levis is QB number one. He is, and man, I think all of Titan Nation was able to breathe a sigh of relief because the question was, is Mike Vrabel actually going to do the right thing and hand Will Levis the keys to the offense, let him be the signal caller for the rest of the year for the offense, or was he about to be stubborn and put Ryan Tannehill back out there? And he made the right decision because if he would have gone the other way, I think we would have saw even more people saying, hey, he ain't cutting it anymore. And uh, we have a couple of videos. One's from Teron Davenport, and the other one is from Easton Freeze at Broadway. Uh, the video we're going to start off with is the one from uh, Teron Davenport, and it's Ryan Tannehill talking about being moved to QB2. Well, it hits hard. I've never been in this situation before, so, you know, it hits hard. Never a situation that anyone wants to be in, um, but it's a situation I'm in, so got to walk through it. And as we were talking before the show started, this is foreign territory for Ryan. He's He's never been a backup in his career. Well, he was a backup, you know, when he first came here to Tennessee, but I don't think it was, it's his first time like, hey, you're starting for our team. And then all of a sudden through the season, it's okay. You're now the backup for our team. So he's, he, so he knows how he, he knows how Marcus felt. Right. Exactly. So because one minute you're starting the next minute, you're like, oh, I'm the backup now. Yep, exactly. But how Titans Nation got the news is this next video from Easton Freeze. They just trying to clear up some things here going forward. Um, you know, Will's going to be our quarterback. You know, we're going to we're going to go with Will. We think that's the best opportunity for our football team right now. And um, 
you know, see where he's at. I think Ryan um, will progress through here this week. I, I think and and hopeful, uh, you know, to be a backup for us and prepare as a starter. But that's where we're at right now, and shared that with the team, and you know, had a conversation with everybody involved. So um, that's what that'll look like. There'll be some moving parts along the offensive line you know, as we work our way through the week, just with health. So won't be able to give you much insight there um, moving forward. And uh, we have another clip, but I'm gonna we're gonna t- we're fixing to talk about we're fixing on what Mike just said. There will be some moving parts along the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And Tyler, in, in your opinion, what, what could that look like? So, you know, it it's kind of interesting because you see like the injury report for today, and I don't think that uh, Brunskill practiced, so that put um, Dylan Radens at right guard. And when Mike first said that uh, about, you know, how the offensive line could be rotating this week, I was hoping that he was meaning, okay, maybe Raidens is going to left tackle. Maybe, you know, maybe, just maybe you'll actually uh, slide Skaronsky out to left tackle and put Raidens at left guard, you know, just something to keep Andre Dillard from being the starting left (laughs) tackle. But, I think what, like I said, what really throws a wrench in that is Brunskill, his availability for this week being in question. Because if he can't go, uh, I believe uh, Tyler Rowland from uh, Locked on Titans even said which this. Is, which is where we're fixing to go. He said the best offensive line that could be out there at that point, unfortunately, would be Dillard at left tackle. Then Skaronsky at left guard, Brewer, center, Raidens at right guard, and Hubbard at right tackle. And, you know, if that's the case, if Raidens has to fill in at that right guard position, okay, we'll rock with it for this week, in my opinion. But if if yeah. school can play, then put Raidens at or left Skaronsky tackle. at left tackle. But and speaking of Raidens, Tyler Rowland brought up a very, very interesting stats for Dylan Raidens. But then Dylan Raidens comes in. Raidens plays a lot of right tackle in the game. 58 snaps. 76 overall grade. 82.8 in run blocking. 66.8 in pass protection. Zero sacks allowed. Gave up three pressures. I I mean, every time Raidens comes in, he seems to look like one of the best five offensive linemen on the team. But Mike Vrabel, for some reason, refuses to play the guy. And since he got drafted, it feels like he's been in the doghouse of Mike Vrabel. I don't know what he did. But I am not the only person out there who says it seems like he's got something personal against Raidens. And that's true. I feel like, and I agree with him. I feel like Dylan Radens has been in the doghouse. Yeah, I mean, go back to last year. Um, San, against San Francisco. Yeah. A couple and, years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago for that. And then you look at last year, how bad Dennis Daly was at that left tackle spot. And yep. that's the thing that just... That's where I feel like stubbornness 
just kicks in a little too much because mm-hmm. as bad as Dennis Daly was, Vrabel would not pull him. Right. You put you finally put Raidens in, and it's an unfortunate series of events for Raidens. He gets put yeah. in, and he's playing well, and then he tears his ACL. I mean, that's and the, then the script writers then, went crazy on that one, but. <laughs> And then Dennis uh, Daly goes. Then Daly goes right back in. Yeah, and that was the thing. You see how when Raidens went in, how well he was playing, and then it raises yeah. the question: Why was he not already out there? And then the same thing happens this year, where you see how bad Andre Dillard is playing, and Dylan Raidens comes in, and no matter which side he's on, he seems to be playing well. So, Mike, why is he not? out there like Tyler Rowland said when he's playing he seems like one of the best five offensive linemen that can be out there so why is he not out there more and you know it you also have to ask the question you know you asked me what my ideal starting five or what I thought it would be heading into the Buccaneers game if Brunskill was healthy and was able to go does Mike Brable actually put Raidens in over Dillard? That's that's a huge question mark for for this Titans team going into Tampa. But, but before we get to Tampa, we have to look back at Pitt. Over here, we have to close the door on Pittsburgh. Man, do we have to? <laughs> but you have to look at Will Levis. Mm-hmm. He played a pretty good game. Yeah, I was overall. I was happy with what I saw from Will Levis in this game, and minus the one interception in the game. Yeah, and but even like I've told other people with that interception, like yes, it goes down in the stat sheet as an interception, but at that point, it's like an interception on a hail mary. It's not it doesn't really count against you because at that point you're having to go, you're having to shoot for the end zone. So yes, anything can happen. And you know, that play call I've, I've talked about it. I feel like 11 seconds left from the 19 yard line. They did not have to go four verticals there. No. They could have ran some stuff Why, jo- ran Josh, to get closer. You, run Josh Wiley across the middle. It, exactly. So seeing D hop and Chris Moore mm. to the end zone, Wiley across the middle, you could have thrown Tajay on like a wheel route going in yep. right behind De- um, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, there, and you know, there's like I said, overall, I feel like Levis played well, especially he, when you take in all of the everything that was heading into this yeah. game. He had that amazing debut. So then he had to turn around on a short week when on Thursday night football, all the bright lights are on him, hostile environment, and And, he's had all the media attention for the whole, for the days leading up to that. So for him to take all that in and go in and play like that, yes, he had some misses, but he's a rookie. It's going to happen. Yes. And I agree. Like going on a short week, you go into a very, very hostile environment. Mm Mm-hmm. And play pretty well against a dominant defensive front. Yeah. That has TJ White hitting you in the back, <laughs> helmetless at that. 
Yeah. I mean, NPF, NPF ripping the helmet off of TJ Wyatt. But the question, of course, this is a huge question about Derek. Are we seeing the decline? I I don't, I don't. Go ahead. Look, when I've looked back at this game several times since it happened, it feels like he's going two or three yards and then down. Yeah, and behind the line, like it's like he doesn't have time or he's not getting that second gear like he used to. And I think that's my biggest thing is, you know, we've we're used to there have been some runs this year where normally when Derek gets to a certain mark, like when he gets to that second level, boom, he's gone. And I think I don't really like necessarily calling it a decline, but I think that is part of his game that he is, he's maybe losing just a little bit. Losing a step. Yeah, because you're seeing him get that shoestring tackle that you didn't used to see when he would get to that level. And that's what, I feel like that's really the only thing that's missing because overall, you look at what he's doing behind this offensive line. I mean, even in this game against Steelers, averaging over four yards a carry. I mean, it, yeah, it's not up in that five range that some guys are averaging, but four to five yards, if you're averaging between four to five yards a carry, that's still, I mean, that's still pretty good, especially if you look at the offensive line in front of him. And most of the time he's getting that first contact either right at the line of scrimmage or sometimes a yard or two in the backfield. But then you have to, and of course we have a couple of comments over here. Um, The good Reverend Al Pierce has tightened up. And of course the guy you co-host with the Mm -hmm. power hour says, I'll tell you what's declining. And I'm still waiting to get cliffhanger. (laughs) But then like you have to, you can also mention Tajay Spears. Mm-hmm. What a what a young what a rookie season Spears has had. Yeah, he's you are seeing the what he brings to the table and the flashes, especially when he gets just a tiny amount of space. Like go back to Baltimore. Yeah, he's so go back to Baltimore game. quick that he go can back, make it happen. Go back and look at the Baltimore game. That screen pass that was behind the line mm-hmm. took it 48 yards. But we have the answer of what's mm-hmm. declining from the power hour. And it's your chances to hit homage online sale tonight only. Link in the uh, Titan Upload Network YouTube page. Definitely want to go check that out. I mean, I'm rocking my Mount Rushmore homage shirt. You got the AFC Champions homage shirt. I mean, let's be honest. Like, these shirts... Are, they're comfortable. They're probably the most comfortable shirts that, that I've you ever can get. had. <laughs> yes. So, and of course, let's just go ahead and give a quick shout out to Homage. Of course, there's two of the shirts right there, or two two different styles that you can get. Uh, Tech Mobile, which is huge right now mm-hmm. on Homage.com. 
uh, link is down in the description of uh, the stream. And go get yourself a starter jacket. Man, those are nice. Wish I had the money to get one, but <laughs> um, let's let's go back and get to talk about the receiving game. What an what a resurgence in the receiving game by Kyle Phillips. Kyle, Phillips, holy cow! Welcome back to the offense. It's good to see you make an appearance back in the passing game and making an impact. Now. Only thing for me is, I've seen you do this before. Your very first game against the Giants. You showed out. Yeah, just can you keep it going this time? That's what I want to Can you repeat that? If so, okay. But if not, I'm, I'm not big on one-hit wonders here. Yeah. But... We're carrying on something that we typically do with Gary on the podcast. We're doing with Tyler. Top five games from this last weekend. Mm. You went Cowboys-Eagles. Yep. Bills-Bangles. Buccaneers-Texans. Vikings-Falcons. And the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Out of all those games... Those are all really good games. Mm-hmm. But then, let's see where I went. We went some, there were some games that overlapped. Right. Um, Bills, Bengals, Dolphins, Chiefs, Texans, Bucks. But then you also have to throw the Minnesota game in there. Yeah, that was another one that I looked at and I was like, man, that was another we have, game. <laughs> give it up for Josh Dobbs. <laughs> right. I mean. He, he just got traded there Tuesday. Came out on Sunday. He basically came in and re- re- replaced her with Jaron Hall, the rookie. Uh, yep. And showed out. He did. I mean, even specifically hearing him talk about this was, it's just crazy because you see the video of him on the sideline. He's got all of the offensive line together and he's running them through his cadences that he uses and making yeah. sure that they know about that. But then it was his first time taking an actual snap from the center there, and the game-winning play, that was his first time running that play. I mean, how crazy of a story is that? You have never actually repped that play, and it's the biggest moment of the game, and you execute it to perfection, and get the win. I mean, you know, this is something that's not necessarily Easy that to new to us Titans fans because we saw him come in last year yeah. just off of a few days, lead our offense, and actually look good. Did we win? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think he came but, in before the Cowboys game. Uh, no, that was his or, first game. Yeah, the the Cowboys game. That's what I'm saying. He, he, come he came in. Within and like his first game, four or five days. Cowboys. So, but um, the other the other game that's not on your list, Packers Rams. Yeah, I, and I feel like the reason that I kind of left that one off is, 
I think it probably would have made it if it would have been if Stafford would have been starting. Yes. And we would have actually gotten to see the uh the Rams offense more at full strength. And, you know, looking you know, looking back at mine, you know, that Cowboys and Eagles game coming yes. down to the wire, divisional game, so you know, it already has that playoff atmosphere to it. Yes. Um we both had the Bills and Bengals and Dolphins Chiefs. Yeah, Dolphins and Chiefs. And the Dolphins and Chiefs one was more of kind of just that storyline. Tyreek Hill facing the Chiefs for the first time. And you think, okay, they're going to find a way to really let him stick it to his old team. But, but his old fumbles. team sticks it to him and takes just a crazy fumble <laughs> return the whole play. And – but. Um, I had to throw an honorable mention on this list. Mm-hmm. Rams or Raiders, Giants. Raiders fire Josh McDaniels, fire their offensive coordinator, fire their GM, mm-hmm. and then go out there and hang 30 <laughs> on the Giants. I mean, it, it is the Giants, but all that turnover to be able to keep the focus and go into this game and do that, that's impressive. Yes, it is. But Gary got me in pickums this week <laughs> by two games. Gary went nine and five. As to where I pulled a Mike Vrabel and went five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have the winning record overall, seventy five and forty six. While Gary is sitting at 63 and 58. But after we get back from this video that was actually sent to me, it's it's literally a 30 second video promoting our sponsor, Homage. We're going to get back to you and talk Titans, Bucks, ahead of the matchup in Tampa Bay on Sunday. And, of course, a huge thank you to Michael Bishop for that video. But, as I said, we're, we're, going, we're going to hit right here and jump right into talking Titans Bucks. And I want to go full screen on this. The Buccaneers' passing defense is, I'm going to say for what it is, hot garbage. Mm-hmm. Their their pass defense is about as bad as our offensive line. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> they're thirty first in passing yards against them or allowed per game. They're they're allowing on average almost two hundred and eighty yards passing, but their run defense is allowing less than a hundred yards. But let's go back up to points scored per game for Tampa. They're 21st 
allow they're they're scoring on average 20 points a game but they're allowing on average 21 points that's 16th in the league total yards per game on offense they're averaging uh, 311 yards of total offense that's 25th offensively they're 17th in passing yards per game with 233, but they have one of the worst run games in the league, it, which ranks 30th, where they're averaging 78 yards on the ground per game. And time of possession per game, 23rd, where they're averaging 28 minutes and 58 seconds. But then you head to the defensive side. As I said, they're 16th in points against or points allowed per game with roughly 21 points. Total yards against them per game, they're 29th, where they're averaging, where they're allowing on average 373 yards. The majority of that is through the air where they're allowing roughly 280 yards through the air against them per game. That's 31st. Their run defense is 8th in the league, where they're allowing roughly 93 yards on the ground. They're 16th in sacks, which is right where the Titans are with 21. But they're 12th in interceptions on defense. With seven. But then you have to look at the Titans. Titans are 24th in points scored per game. With 18 and a half points. They're 21st in yards per game. With 327.5 total yards per game. That's 21st. Passing yards per game. 213. 25th in the league. They're on average rushing the ball for 115 yards on average. That's 12th. Time of possession, the Titans are 16th in time of possession per game. 30 minutes and 13 seconds. But then you head to the defensive side. This is where you where this is where you've started seeing the Titans go downhill a little bit. Rush defense going into the season was top five. Actually, let, let, let me rephrase that. Top three. Now they're sitting at 19th. We're allowing, on average, 115 yards. We're allowing pretty much what we're rushing for per game, on average. Pass defense has gotten a little bit better. They're 16th. Allowing 223 passing yards per game. But the Titans' total yardage per game is 20th in the league, where they're allowing, on average, 338 total yards per game. They're allowing roughly 20 points per game. That's 11th. As I said, Titans' sack numbers is 16th in the league with 21. But that number at the very bottom, Tyler, is what is concerning to me. Two interceptions on the whole season. 32nd in the league. Mm. 
And the great reverence that our defense better show this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, the talking about our passing defense getting a little bit better, that kind of gets skewed a little bit because you look at our last yeah. two games. Yeah, we were going against Kenny Pickett and for half of a game. Desmond uh, Ritter and Desmond then Tyler Heine- Heineke. Yeah, so, you know, it's what's really it's, sad it's is seeing our rush defense just go from top two to where almost it's at 20. Now. And that's heading into this game. It looks like the Titans could potentially be without Sean Murphy bunting. And, you know, this was going to be his revenge, revenge. game. And, like Terry like Reek last week. Yeah, and so now they might be missing him. And Tra- uh, Traylon Burks might be out. Yeah, and, you know, you look at our secondary and our defense, and it's going to be, can our defensive line get back there to Baker and actually get him down? Because... We're going yes. to be dealing with Mike Evans, and which, granted, Christian Fulton over the last three games has been has playing looked, a lot better. I think he's, I think he's hearing what's being said. It, probably so, and but he's been playing a lot better. But then you still have Chris Godwin that you have to deal with. Yes, and that. You know, that's not an easy task. We got to get back there to Baker and disrupt him, throw him off his game. And, and like and, you said, looking at the Bucks side of things, their run defense is good, not allowing under 100 yards a game, but their pass defense is struggling. And we have saw Will Levis is not afraid to throw that thing down the field. And um, I'm going to say this. Or the question for you is, could this be another breakout game for Levis? I think that this could be a repeat of Atlanta. (laughs) I'm not going to go with a repeat of Atlanta. I think it's going to be kind of in between the Atlanta and the Steelers game. Yeah, I think we probably see him get. um, I could see him getting a couple of touchdowns. like you said, the Tampa Bay's defense ranks 12th in interceptions. So I could see them maybe getting an interception off of This time it actually being one that kind of actually counts against him, like in the yeah. flow of the game. Um, I could see them getting one. and But I could also see him having another 250-yard day. Through the air. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. My prediction for yards. Looking at what they're allowing per game, right at 280. Mm-hmm. I could see him going for almost 300. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Because he's already sitting at 500 yards on the season. Yep. Four touchdowns, one interception. I could see him being close to eight touchdowns before the end of this game. Yeah, if if I had to put a number on the yardage, I'm because you also have to think of what kind of game plan Mike Vrabel is going to carry yeah. coming into this game. Um, you know, is it going to be their typical 
try and set up the pass game by running the ball, or are they going to switch it up and try and set up the run game? And go like play action. Yeah, and you know, just pass the ball right out the gate. I could see Levis having another, I'm going to say between, I'm going to say between 250 and 260 through the air. I think that you see him get, um, I'm going to go with a touchdown through the air. And, and the one on the ground. One on the ground. Because uh, we have, we saw him, you know, take off just a couple of times, but not too many times. And I feel like that's one thing that, you know, is kind of, Flying that's like the, the only thing, yeah, that's the only thing kind of missing from his game the last, in his two starts, because, you know, not to completely jump back to the Steelers game, but that last play call where he threw the interception, that was another option given the play call that was called. We know Levis is athletic, and if you look at the steel image, he could have escaped that pocket and I think probably ran for about 10 yards and got out of bounds. And I think that's going to be something that he, from studying that film, he's going to pick up on. And he's probably going to try and make a couple more plays here and there when he can with his legs. legs. But then now we head into the fun part of the episode. (laughs) Pickums for week 10. So you went Carolina. I did. Uh, This one was a, a tough one for me to pick because I really don't know week in, week out, which Bears Bears. team is going to show up. Like, you know, are are they actually going to be somewhat decent? Are they going to be bad? And I feel like they had their somewhat decent week (laughs) this past week. So I just, I think the Panthers get an upset. And of course, I, I had to go Chicago. It's it's in Chicago. It's going to be like forty degrees at kickoff. Mm-hmm. Panthers don't play good in the cold. Yeah, how see how well uh, Bryce Young bounces D- back. Plays in, um, but then we had the game two, second game in Germany. Mm-hmm. Colts Patriots. We both took Indy. We did. Because the Patriots, <laughs> sorry, Bill, but the Patriots are hot garbage. Yep, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> They're, that team is a dumpster fire. I just, I don't I trust. Tr- the, I, I trust the Colts more than I do the Patriots at this, at this point. Yeah, I, I don't trust Mac Jones to be able to lead that Patriots offense against the against the stout Colts defense. Yeah, and Gardner Minshew, you know, he's Minshew Mania. He's gonna he's serviceable. And you know, you got Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss back there for that run yeah. game. And they then you also have Michael plays. Pittman. Yeah. Michael they, they got Pittman, Josh Downs. Plays. So I, I think then, the Colts get it. But then game three, Texans at Cincinnati. 
Give me Houston. I this was another game where because Stroud is playing out of his mind right now. He is. And he's and my, and I've looked at the betting gods. He's favorited to win offensive rookie of the year. That doesn't surprise me. Just with the way that he's played this year. When you when you're not when you're not even halfway through the season and you already have over 2000 yards in 6 weeks. Mm-hmm. And you just throw your first interception in, in your first loss or in in, a, in the uh, Panthers first win. Yeah. You ha- you have to think about being a possible candidate winner of offensive rookie of the year. But exactly. then you have to go the Cincinnati side of this game. Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, <laughs> T. Higgins, and I f- and you you you're perfect to say this. It feels like Cincinnati's picking up steam. Mm-hmm. They're getting hot at the right time. Yeah, and. That's why I went with Cincinnati because both of these teams, you know, Stroud's playing out of his mind, but it seems like Cincinnati is really starting to hit their groove, which granted, they may be without Jamar Chase, but I still feel like they have enough firepower in that offense that they can make it work. And the biggest, another reason why I gave Cincinnati the edge is because this game is, is in Cincinnati. Yes. So that crowd um, being into, I think they're just going to feed off of that more and find a way to get it done. I think last time I saw it, I think the spread was like um, three and a half, I think. Yeah. So, you know, nothing too crazy. I could probably, I think the Texans could potentially cover that spread, but, yeah. you know, the Bengals still get the win. But I think that this game, if Stroud can keep playing at the level he's been playing at most of the season, you could potentially be talking about a game of the week. Oh yeah, game right there. Um, and then you the next game you have Saints at the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Of course, we both went Minnesota. In my mind, if this game was in New Orleans, it could have went the other way. Yep. But it's in Minnesota. Viking or the Saints are not good on the road. I think they're zero and four on the road. Sounds like the Titans don't, don't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, and then next game you have Packers at the Steelers. Yeah, and, and of course Tyler went Green Bay. I, I did, and the reason I went Green Bay is. Just because I feel like, you know, that Steelers offense, even though they got the win against us. It was man, a four-point win. Yeah, that that Steelers offense is still just so mediocre. But and, the, re- the reason I went, Pitt, was because of that defense. That defense is, is – it's a good defense. Right. And I feel like I feel like they'll have no problem shutting Jordan Love down. And and that's the biggest thing. You know, when picking this game, it was, I can see it going either way. Yeah. And And that's how, that's how a lot of our picks have been this year. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? I, I think. Gut, a gut, gut, I trust your gut. 
gut feeling that the Packers get it done just because, I mean, we saw in the Titans and Steelers game, Kenny Pickett was missing some wide-open dudes. Yes. But and, then, yeah. But now we get to our game of the week. <laughs> Titans at Tampa. We both took Tennessee. Oh, we did. I will say this. You're probably because I could have went Tampa Bay with it being in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. But the reason I went Tennessee, the Titans did a bounce back game. Yep. This, as I said, this secondary, yeah, the interceptions, but the passing guards are allowing. Yep. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to say this to the Buccaneers if you allow Will Levis to get hot, you will be able to stop him. If you allow this offense to get rolling, you're going to have your hands full. Yep. And I was like you. I You could have gone Buccaneers because it's in Tampa. We, we have not – I mean, we haven't won a road game this year. And – the reason I went with the Titans in this one is because you look at, even though it didn't get announced by Mike Vrabel for the Atlanta game coming out of the bye that Levis was going to be the starter, more than likely Levis knew. You knew. Yeah, Levis <laughs> knew even in their off week that he was probably going to get the start. So yes. he was – and he's been preparing like the starter. So he had the bye week, had the week leading up to the game, and then he went and had that debut against a top-10 defense, st- statistically at that time, in the yes. Falcons. Now, you come off of a Thursday night game, and they talk about it being the mini, like getting a mini bye. And that's why I gave the edge to the Titans, because – you essentially give Will Levis a couple of more days to prepare for this like game. Like a nine-day rip. Yeah, so, it's like nine days. So I feel like that gives them a little bit of an edge, and the Titans are – I mean, they're hungry for wins, but they're really hungry for a road win. Yes. And I could just see it being this week. And then you go to another matchup that is featuring an AFC South team. Mm-hmm. Niners at the Jags. The Jags are six and two right now. They are. They are a top three team right now in the conference. The question is, can the Niners knock them down to size? And, and both of us think so. <laughs> yeah. It honestly, <clears throat> this was another one where I was like. Because it being in Jacksonville, so the 49ers, they got to come all the way across the country from the Bay Area to Jacksonville to play. And, and even in the jet lag. Yeah, the, the jet lag. The Niners have dropped and, three in a row. Yes. And I'm going to say this, jet lag, it's, it's, it's crazy. Even yeah. just going from one time zone to the other, to the next one. Mm-hmm. Like just going from Eastern to Central. It'll mess you up. Yep. And the reason I went with the Niners is because 
with them having the three straight losses and and coming off of their their bye week, I feel like maybe now they will be healthier. And and it looks like Debo Samuel. It looks like Debo Samuel will be back. Yeah, so that'll make a difference. But then we head to the second column. Browns at the Ravens, a battle in the AFC North. We both took Baltimore. Mm-hmm. As as bad as it hurt <laughs> to take Baltimore. And then the next game down, Atlanta at Arizona. We both took Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But then here's the game that's going to need some discussion. Lions at the Chargers. The way I looked at this, you went Detroit, but as I said, the way I looked at this, the Lions are having to go from Detroit to the West Coast. Yep. And that's what, 12, maybe like 12, 12, 13 hours before kickoff. It takes 24, 24 to 36 hours for your internal clock to change. Right. Chargers are going nowhere. That's why I went the Chargers. And I'll tell you the reason that I went with the Lions. Jared Goff. (laughs) No, a, a different name. Brandon Staley. I just don't trust. Trust. That he can, <laughs> you know, I the Chargers are a team where over the last couple of years they have had the talent there, and they choke they choke it away, whether it be time management, just bad decision, whatever. So you have a Lions team, and if I'm remembering correctly, the Lions are coming off a bye as well, aren't they? I think so. So. You know, Dan Campbell, Yes, you, you had a Lions team that was already playing well. Now they get their week of rest. Dan Campbell Almond gets Ross, that St. team Brown. fired up. Amon Rod's had time to heal up now. I just feel like um, this team is going to come out swinging. Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Aiden I, Hutchinson. I feel like they can maybe – this yeah. is another game that has game of the week potential. Yes. And I just I gave the edge to the Lions in it. And then uh, next game down, we both went Dallas mm-hmm. in New York. The Giants are god awful. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Next game down, Commanders at Seattle. We both went Seattle. Commanders. There's a lot of question marks for this team. Mm-hmm. The one of the big question marks is head coach. I've heard a few. I don't want to say rumors, but I've heard some things swirling. There, one of them is Ron Rivera could be gone after the season. Mm-hmm. And let's just say the Patriots find a way to win. You could get a Belichick trade to Washington. Hmm. And then... We've heard the stories throughout the last couple of weeks from the Boston Globe. Vrabel to the Patriots. 
that could be that could it, this is going to be a very interesting offseason. Right. But then after Washington and Seattle, you have the Jets at the Raiders. You took the Jets, I took the Raiders. Who wants to go first on this one? I, I can go. Um, reason I took the Jets is simply because of that Jets defense. Like, yes, it is a it's a nice feel good story for Raiders fans this past week. You know, you get the interim head coach, you get a little bit of a spark heading into a game. And, you know, you find a way to get it done. But that Jets defense. It could be stingy. It's it, stingy. And Sauce Gardner. I, I just feel like the Jets halt that Raiders momentum that they gained from this past week. Well, so. the reason I went the Raiders is not because they blew the Giants out. I don't trust Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that offensive line either. But I do trust Mad Max Crosby. Yeah. That's a guy I would love to see on the Titans defensive line with Jeff. Be scary. But then you head to the Monday night game. Broncos at the Bills. It's a no-brainer, the Bills. Yeah. And, of course, you, uh, you see the four teams there on the very bottom that are on by this week. The Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Eagles are all on bye week this week. But how everything has to come to an end, how Michael Bishop has closing time, I've got last call. And one thing I said we were going to hit on uh, later, earlier, um, when we started the show, that I said we were going to hit on at the end, is possible free agents that the Titans could target in twenty going into 2024. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let Tyler go first on this, because him and I, we've got some crossover with two names. Yeah. So, you know, looking at mine... The the five names that I kind of put out there to keep an eye on and what I did going into this, because the Titans have some guys right now that I think they probably need to sign beyond this year, like Sean Murphy Bunting could be yes. hitting free agency. Aziz Alshire could be hitting free agency. So those are a couple of guys I would like to see back. But I kept them out of this scenario, and I went with T. Higgins, I went with Devin White, Miko Hardman, Jalen Johnson, and Chris Jones. Now, Chris Jones, I put him on there. That's kind of a pipe dream type free agent yes. but because he would – He's going to cost an arm and a leg. He's going to cost an arm and a leg. More than likely – But pair know, him with Jeff? Th- that was my thinking. I was like, this is my like a pipe dream free agent signing because him and Jeffrey Simmons in the middle of that defensive line, like nobody's running on us. What are teams going to do now? If you want like a more realistic pick there, like a DJ reader or 
And yeah. this is this is if they're not able to sign Tier Tart back. But yes. to hit on a couple of these other guys, Jalen Johnson, uh, he was a guy that the Bears were going to allow him to seek a trade uh, before the deadline. Nothing was able to come of it. But, you know, Jalen Johnson, when being targeted this season, is allow only allowing a 40.9 passer rating when being targeted. Possible, possible replacement for Fulton? Yeah, I mean, that's fourth best in the NFL, and he's 24 years old. So getting a young, good young cornerback to put in that secondary, and that that's why he's in here. Now, T. Higgins, that one's kind of a given. We've saw how our wide receivers are up and down. Um, T. Higgins is, you look at that Bengals offense, it's not really a wide receiver one, wide receiver two situation. It's a wide receiver one A, wide receiver one B. T, you bring T. Higgins into the mix with this Titans offense if DeAndre and Hopkins is still Cincinnati, here next year. Cincinnati won't be able to sign him if they if they resign Jamar Chase. They won't be able to keep they won't be able to keep all three. Right. Like they'll probably have to let T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd walk. So and out of those two, Higgins. I, yes. If I'm right, well, he's younger than Boyd, and yes, I mean he's a and don't don't forget, target. don't forget, T. Higgins is a Tennessee boy. He is. Went so to, uh, went to Oak Ridge. But and, Michael Bishop threw another name in here. Mm-hmm. Brian Burns. Yep, from Carolina. Would be a nice fit in there with Jeff. He would. Or, or in that linebacker, or in the linebacking core. Move him inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian Burns would be one that you could watch out for. And I, I threw Devin White in as a linebacker. Yes. You know, Devin White and uh, you look at Tampa Bay, they got Devin White and Levante David. Both of those yes. guys are set to be free agents this yes. in 2024. And, but, but you have younger White, of them. Yeah, is Devin younger. White is younger. So... And that's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at these free agents. I'm looking at some of these younger guys, mainly, that could come and be pieces for this team for several years going forward and really help this team out. And Mikael Hartman, that's more of just the take the top off of the defense. And and the Titans outside of D-Hop don't have that. Exactly. And you can even put him, and I know Titans fans, this – Hits home a little bit because of the Kyle Phillips experience, putting a receiver back there as a punt Butler returner. Turn. But Miko Hardman has that more, experience. Yeah, he has that experience doing it at this level. Look at yes. what he's done for the Chiefs returning punts right now. Yeah. I mean, he can flip but, the field for you there. But, of course, I went – I looked at five different positions. What my top five at each position. I looked at tackle – or specifically offensive line. Because that's one place that we really, truly have to look. Mm-hmm. My top five on offensive line, I went Tyron Smith from Dallas. Mm-hmm. Trenton Brown from New England. Isaiah Wynn from Miami. 
Donovan Smith from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And why not have a homecoming? David Questenberry in Minnesota. But then I also, I also look at running back. You also have to think, like, Derek may not be here next year. Right. So you're going to need that person that balances out, that perfect piece to go with Tajay Spears. And that's where my top five came in at. Josh Jacobs. Maybe Saquon. Or you go to Baltimore and get a guy like J.K. Dobbins. A.J. Dillon out of Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Or have another homecoming to the, to the Middle Tennessee area, Keyshawn Vaughn, who went to college at Vandy. And I want to touch on that list for the running backs right quick because, and I I want to put this out there first. If, because you mentioned Derrick Henry may not be with this team after this yeah. year. I wouldn't mind seeing Derrick Henry with this team next year if it was a very team-friendly deal for the next couple of years. Like, I'm talking, like, if it's in that like a five million, yeah, if it's in that $5 million range, <clears throat> I could be fine with that. Now, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, they're still at that point where they're going to be commanding. They're going to want the bag, wherever they can get the bag at. But a name that you did have on here that could, you know, kind of fill that role opposite of Tajay Spears is A.J. Dillon. He's going to be a guy that doesn't command a A lot lot of money money because he still has power. Exactly. So that, that was a name when I saw that that popped off to me. And then let's go look at wide receiver, Mike Evans. Yes, there might be a little bias there with with yeah. me being a, with <laughs> with me being an A and M guy. But if you look at what Mike Evans has done in this league, he's had I think it's nine straight one thousand yard seasons. Mm-hmm. He he he's sort of like I'm not going to say. I don't want to say D-Hop, but he's sort of like that D-Hop where he'll right. command respect as a wide receiver. A, no, a name that you have on your list, T. Higgins. As we both said, Cincinnati won't be able to keep Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, or Tyler Boyd. They won't, they won't be able to keep all three. Right. Third guy on here, Miko Ardman. If you want speed, that's your guy. Right. Kendrick Bourne played in San Francisco, that Rand Carthon connection. Kendrick Bourne is not a bad wide receiver. Right. But if you want to stay in division, go look at Indy, Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. would be a lethal weapon in this and, offense. And would stick it to Indy. <laughs> that, that would be twice a year. Danico. <laughs> yeah. That would be one of the ones, you know, that's one of the interesting ones because he took a different appro- approach than Jonathan Taylor did. You know, yeah. Taylor before he really showed up and was going to play, he wanted to get paid. Pittman decided he was going to come in and play before and getting paid. Before getting paid. So, you know, he he's one of those guys that I'm like, okay, I don't know if Indy's really going to let him walk walk and hit that market. Um, 
Mike Evans, he was another guy that I looked at, but for me, it came down to, like I said, looking at the younger talent yes. that is producing and that will be out there. Because if you bring, if you were to bring Mike Evans in, then you're talking about if D Hop's still here, having two receivers over the age of 30, and it's yeah, okay. How many more years are these guys going to be around? And so that, that's why process, I went more with the T Higgins route. But my thought process, my thought process with this, put D Hop to the left, mm-hmm. Evans to your right, slide trailing into the slot. Or vice versa, <laughs> or or vice versa, slide right. D Hop into slot, and have him doing the stuff over the middle, mm-hmm. and then have Traylon and Mike Evans on the outside, right? But then you also have to look at DB. Christian Fulton might not be here, right? Right there, you have a guy there, number one, Stephen Nelson, played in Pittsburgh. Very dominant. Um, Jalen Mills right there too. Played in Philly. He's in New England now. Mm-hmm. A guy who played in AFC South, who's now in Baltimore, Rocky Asin. Yep. And then you have a guy there at number four in Buffalo, from Buffalo, Micah Hyde. He's sort of like that, like that hybrid safety. Right who can play corner and in safety and be that slot linebacker, sort of, who's not afraid to stick his nose in there. But then you also have that San Francisco catch right there at number five, Terrence Mitchell, who's, they're all fairly young. Right. But then you also, I went tight end also. I would, I want a guy to come in here and push Chig. Right. These guys that are here on the, in the tight end room are not going to push Chig. Right. You want a guy to come in here and challenge Chig. That's why I'm looking at guys like a Dalton Schultz. Look at what he did in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Gerald Everett. Veteran. Another guy right here, number four, Mike Gesicki. You could pay him tight end money and line him up in the slot. Right. And then you also get a guy right there, probably the most expensive tight end on the board, Hunter Henry. But I had to go right there at number two, Bryson Hopkins. Titans royalty, basically, because of who his dad is. Yep. <laughs> Brad Hopkins. So how funny would it be to have D Hop and B Hop <laughs> on this roster? Right. But as we get ready to get out of here, as we said earlier in the show, uh, go check out the link in uh, in the description of the stream and go to homage where you go grab some of this gear. And as Michael said in the comments, tonight's your last chance on homage online sale. That ends tonight. Go to the link on the Titan uh, Titan Upload Network YouTube page. And 
grab you some of these, some of these items, the Oilers jacket, the Titans, uh, both of them starter jackets. And then you have the Tecmo Bowl t-shirts. But go over to the Titan Blood Network, subscribe. We just crossed 11.7 thousand subscribers at the Titan of Blood Network where you can find me, Tyler, uh, the Power Hour. You can find Titans for Life. You can find Titans Rossi and Titan Upload. And, uh, and this, and actually there was something I did miss before we get out of here. I have to go my five keys to victory for this Titans Buccaneers game. For me, one, get your playmakers involved. Mm-hmm. Yes, we might be we might be without trailing this week. But you have Chris Moore. You have DeAndre Hopkins. You've got Derek Henry. Get those guys involved early and often. Number two is pass rush at a premium. If you can rattle Baker and force him into errant mistakes, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to get home on your pass rush. Number three, I went air it out. Because as I mentioned, the Tampa Bay secondary, they're allowing over 200, almost 280 yards through the air. Number four, it's something that you have to really think about. Play fast and physical. And I have no clue why this is not working now. Hang on, let me pull it out, put it back in. No, um, I don't know why that's not working, but uh, number four, I went um, play fast and physical because mm-hmm. you really have to be thinking about playing fast and physical against this Buccaneers offense, right? And defense, and number five. I'm talking specifically to the coaches on this one. Do your job. Yes. Do what only you can as a player also. Do what only you can. Don't worry about what the guy next to you is doing. Don't worry about – do worry about what you can do to impact this game. Play your brand – and be and be and be dominant. And Tyler, is, is there anything you want to add to this? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, you hit on a lot of the uh, big points. For me, if I'm going to throw one in there, it's for the coaches. Don't don't overthink your play calls. Like you. The, one of the big reasons we lost that game to the Steelers was bad they were situational. Overthinking. Yeah, bad situational play calling. 
gotta gotta do better with that. So don't try and get too cute with it. Like no cuteness. Yeah, just you know, I, I I'm trying to think of the right words. You know, you you have the kiss method. Keep it simple. <laughs> like just if don't be if don't take it. Keep out it of so simple. Yeah. Don't take it out of Levis's hands if he is heating up and lighting Letting... up that secondary. Like, don't take it out of his hands. You know that this team has a bad pass defense. Take advantage of it. And I've got an acronym, LLC. Let Levis cook. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, as we get ready to get out of here again, Tyler, thank thank you for for stepping in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Of course. And, uh, of course, Tyler and I, we're, we're both part of the Titan Upload Network. And as I always like to say, stay classy and tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up! Let's get tightened up! Tightened up! I've been scoping from the sideline with-